0: Back on the Fan Morning Show, Sportsnet 590, five ninety, the Fan, Justin Cuthbert, Nailish Forfar. Is this an extended break for the Toronto Maple Leafs? No, I, what thought, are there, they eight days had, I thought they
1: all had. a CBA. Yeah, they all have. They all have a they all have,
0: a, ma- they have a bye week, five days. And everyone, and like a lot of teams, that bye weeks going into the weekend. It's it just seems like this might be kinda, a day or two longer. It feels like this is working out well for them.
1: I think we'll see, they might be they didn't snooze have to play fast on Thursday. Friday.
0: They also had a light week leading up. Anyway, they're getting their rest and relaxation. Even Mitch Marner's getting his rest and relaxation after an interesting weekend over there in Sunrise. To talk about that and more, we have Sam McKee, producer of Real Kipper and Born, and of course, co-host of Leafs Talk on Sportsnet 590, The Fan, and our insider, brought to you by Don Valley North Lexus, where you can expect excellence online and in the showroom. Visit DonValleyNorthLexus.com. What's going on, Sam?
2: Good morning, friends. How are we?
1: Yo, you're our insider. No pressure.
0: Amazing.
2: I have. I feel zero pressure at (laughs) all. Um, I'm really happy to be joining you guys tonight, today, tonight, whatever the hell time it is. Uh, I went to bed at after after one o'clock last night.
1: Whoa.
2: I had a ten thirty uh beer league game. How'd you do? Um. It was the wildest hockey game that's oh, ever been played. Take it down. Uh, we Let's went, go. It's we, like,
1: we, like we, we went, <laughs> talk, but beer talk. Let's go.
2: Beer talk. We went down 7-2 <laughs> we in the first period, and we won 9-8. Nev- Would uh, seven, seven, you have
1: a shooter tutor in net?
2: Uh, uh, I'm not gonna throw my good friend Steph under the bus like that. Well, uh, he, had rough first, he had a rougher he had a first rough first period, but then he really really rallied back into it, and we won nine eight in overtime oh against a bitter rival. It was a wild one. You guys so so got overtime, cool to too. Uh, I had a couple talks. Uh, one of the guys on my team you scored you five.
1: I played with yeah. Sam once, and he you were number like eighty eight, remember? And you had like the white cage, Ooh, and wow. you know, yeah. it was like super swagged down. Oh,
0: and sound swag. That's right. I retired that cage.
2: Oh, uh, Uh, it's probably for the best, eh? Yeah, I retired that cage. I I want to be the least conspicuous looking person on the ice. Anyways, that was my uh, my. You're like seven
1: feet tall and dangling. I think you're not going to hide out there. (laughs) (laughs) Seven (laughs) feet? (laughs) We're just pumping your tires, Insider. Uh, thank I th-
0: you I, I think Mitch Marner maybe wishes he was able to hide a little bit or at least at one point uh, over the all-star weekend uh, his role in the skills competition was interesting what do you Oof. make of uh, Mitch Marner's all-star appearance
2: I felt like he was a pretty main character out there <laughs> I felt like he had to do everything I don't know i I was put me in the camp of that was a hard watch mm. for most of the weekend um I didn't mind the game I guess like I really. You know, I commend them for trying to do stuff, I guess, and like actually, Mitch Marner being willing to put on like a white suit and go out there and do what he did. But the thing I don't understand about that: why not just try to score? Like, you're you're getting all dressed up, you're putting on this white suit, you're looking like Miami Vice, <laughs> and you just go in there and you flip a wrister on one of the best goalies of the last twenty. Like, yeah. just try to they da- try to do a dangle, try to score. It was a weird. It was a really weird thing. The happy Gilmore. I don't know. Like I think the NHL asked a lot of those guys to go out there and kind of put on a
1: comedy act. Yeah, really.
2: It's like, that's so out of like, you can hear these guys interviews. It's so out of character for those guys to go out there and be like, all of a sudden we're the personality guys. Like that's our thing. The NHL, we do personalities. It was just a really weird thing. I don't know if this is a crazy thing to say. I don't know if you guys saw the HL skills competition, I don't think the last time I'd ever heard somebody say the NHL could learn something from the AHL, but I watched a bunch of it because there was just nothing on and it was good. I, I loved it. I loved it. It was just, you know, looked kind of reminded me of a skills competition of my youth where it's just mm-hmm. a skills competition mm-hmm. as opposed to who can wear like the wildest outfit and do the crappiest shot anyways.
0: Yeah. I mean, definitely there's some room to improve. Hopefully they get some of that done before it comes to Toronto next year. Uh, well, we but- were
2: talking about it last year, last on and uh, board yesterday. Just, just give us the, like, you can't come up here and do that stuff. Like people here like hockey and like, <laughs> you're not trying to sell it to people in Toronto. Just do the old school. Can they play a game? Can the hockey guys play a hockey game? Mm-hmm. Would, would that be allowed? I don't know. I just, I don't think they can pull that stuff off in Toronto
0: it it's, it seems pretty simple it doesn't have to be i mean i i prefer the draft but if you just do sticks in the middle play 5 on flat 5 on 5 have fun like it just it seems like it could be if you if you make it and overextend it too much it really really backfires and i think it's been most overextended that it ever has been and i think we're suffering the consequences of that i will say though with marner could he salvage his trip maybe with a little recruitment of Dylan Larkin. Were you guys talking about Dylan Larkin yesterday? Is Dylan Larkin now the <laughs> uh, the acquisition du jour in Toronto? What do you think about that relationship and Larkin's, you know, affinity for Marner and maybe Toronto itself?
2: I saw, did you guys see that Instagram post? Um, I got it sent to me, Leafs History on Instagram, which is a really <laughs> awesome follow. Um, they put out a v- picture of Dylan Larkin at that 2014 Winter Classic wearing uh, a Leafs, Duke with his buddies wearing Leafs hats. And I got to be honest, I was fully excited about that. I was like, oh, that's great. (laughs) Maybe this is is like Zach. Remember when Zach Parise was wearing a Leafs hat back in the day or a Leafs jersey back in the day? Everyone's like, oh, he's going to sign in Toronto. I know it doesn't always uh, correlate, but I'm just, I love that. Because, you know, leave it to Leaf fans to get fired up about that because a guy went to a game wearing a Leafs hat and, like, it's not a multi-million was, dollar business. He that, was just like, cold and put on his money. He was cold. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, I need you to, I don't know if you guys saw that game, but it was snowy. I I love, that's one of the things I love the most about the All-Star game, guys, is just seeing guys who compete against each other getting to play against each other. Like, you watch Nick Suzuki and Mitch Marner have chemistry, and I think it's probably hard to not have chemistry with Mitch Marner. He looks like a pretty fun guy to play mm-hmm. hockey with. But like, I just, that's what I love about the all-star game with these guys just getting to, you know, kind of take a load off and get just to play fun hockey and enjoy it. So, uh, yeah, I was pretty excited when I saw him, you know, praising Mitch Marner and saying, this is my favorite thing about the weekend. That was awesome.
1: Okay. So all-star game coming to Toronto next year, officially. Mm -hmm. Got some time to brainstorm and find ways to make it better, which I think we can all be in agreement. Or maybe it doesn't need to be better. Maybe it's just for the kids and we need to give up the dream of being entertained as well. Uh, What do you want to see differently next year while we host it in Toronto? Uh,
2: No shooting pucks at surfboards would probably be my first. I don't think um, there's
1: surfboards here, thank God. Okay. That's number one, eh?
2: Yeah. I love Kipper's idea yesterday. It's just
0: like, more money. Just that, give
1: them more money. Oh my money. God, that's Justin! Don't even bring that up. He was fired up about, 000, 000 <laughs> well, well, this, about a it. million dollars for this, a million dollars for that. Do
0: you want to see effort in these skills competitions yeah, or not? Like that's you're not going to, to lift a finger if you don't have to, and you don't have to lift a finger for fifty thousand, one hundred thousand, a million dollars, whatever it is. But I would be more interested in competing hard in those if there was a little bit of scrilla on the line. I don't know why they wouldn't. I th- I think my idea would be
2: to make it. Uh, throwback to 20 to 2000 event where it's just like strip it down where it's like you you know we're going to the home of hockey Mm -hmm. the the mecca where the last time was here was was 2000 right the last time it was in in Toronto yeah yeah Yeah. so you're throwing back to 2000 you wear the similar jerseys you play a real hockey game you just stripped it down to the bolts like I saw your tweet alish with the i think you should leave meme with like all that writing yes yeah, tough I like, what? I like, what i was like what the hell is hurts. all this i'm like this is a hockey skills competition mm-hmm. targets fast skating hard shot breakaway challenge i shouldn't be able to come up with this in my sleep so uh yeah i would love to see them do like a retro throwback to 2000 where it's just you know maybe you can bring out some of the stars that were involved back then I don't know. Like I'm trying to think of who would have been, but maybe you bring out Sundin, you bring out people that have you know been involved, and you have like one sort of hokey uh, former star event. But then you just kind of keep it pretty simple. Would probably be my my vote for two th- for uh, next year.
1: Three on three, me, Justin, Sam, as a versus line versus Sundin versus uh, Sundin
0: bad, bad Dean and Co. <laughs> don't watch.
1: Betting that. odds are. <laughs> We're minus 500 faves. I just I don't saw know.
0: it. You, you can hang with, uh, if we just get you the puck, if you can hang with McDavid, maybe we got a chance. Uh, maybe Sundin will treat it like an all-star game and not try. Uh, uh, speaking of Sundin, though, I think the, Mus- the Muskoka five, I think there's a little, I think Muskoka's got to be involved. I'm just saying that. Get them to a I'm cottage, have some oh, beers, yeah. a draft <laughs> Thursday night, maybe the ponds out there. I think you got to lean into not just Toronto, but maybe Muskoka would be the right right way to do things uh-huh. anyway. Let's do the Muskoka uh, five, The Muskoka <laughs> five, the Muskoka 35, or how many drafts <laughs> or how many All Stars there actually are. Uh, let's do a little quick leafs at the break. Uh, mm. First thing we want to ask you, w- what did you learn from the unofficial first half of this leaf season?
2: Nothing.
1: Sick. Same. Next.
2: <laughs> uh, no, honestly, it's just, it feels like Groundhog Day. And I, I hate to, although Groundhog Day was a week ago or whatever, I just, I'm really, it's, the leafs are good. The Leafs have a lot of great players. The Leafs bottom six worries me. And I still have worries about the decor and they're going to play the Tampa Bay lightning. That is what I worried. That is what I learned about the Tampa Bay. Uh, sorry about the Toronto, May police, right? Like what, what else could you have learned? What about you guys? <laughs>
1: I, I think we're in the same boat that nothing matters till the to the playoff. I think I learned more about how surprised I am about the Boston Bruins, honestly. Like how yeah. we we saw that game last Wednesday, was it? Where, I mean, obviously there were some missing pieces on the Maple Leafs side, but you guys set it up as well in your show. It's like, where are the Maple Leafs better than the Boston Bruins? And it was a very small list or nothing on the list. And I guess that's, a, a little bit of looking outside the Leafs bubble at this team and maybe realizing no, that true, what's going to happen around this trade deadline is maybe more important than we thought.
2: Yeah. I think, me, sorry, go oh, ahead, sorry. No, go ahead. I was just going to say that like to me with the Bruins, I think the only hope is like the president's trophy thing mm. where they win the president's trophy and they're cursed. I honestly, like I'm holding out <laughs> hope for that to, to continue. Cause I think the last time a president's trophy team won was 2013 and it was the Chicago Blackhawks, with um, when it was like that short half year season, yeah. the lock the mm-hmm. lockout. So that is legitimately my only hope with the Boston Bruins because every time I watch them play, I'm like, oh my god, this team is so good. There's everything about their team is good. Their goaltending, their defense, you know, every part of their team is solid. They have the one of the best power plays. I think they have the best penalty kill. They're they're just stacked in every facet. So come on, President's Trophy <laughs> Curse, please do your work.
0: Uh, other than, like, curses and voodoo dolls and that stuff, what yes. what does give you hope about this Leafs team?
2: Okay. I have a couple things. Uh, I would say the defensive play, which is a pretty boring answer, but I really do feel like they've been really, uh, really improved defensively this year. And I think last year the numbers were pretty similar, but I would say eye test-wise – they are better this year. I think Lilligren taking a huge dump, a uh, huge, huge what? A huge dump? It <laughs> <What> just
3: happened. <laughs> uh,
2: I got. I haven't had my coffee yet, so that's not going to happen. Oh, well, you have haven't had, a huge, You
1: haven't had one of those either. Then having have,
2: uh, having Lilligren take a huge jump has been a huge part of that. But I, I honestly, the biggest part that gives me hope is you can't lose in the first round again, right? Like at some point, this team is going to get a bounce off of somebody's foot and into the net and it's not going to be a kicking motion or at some point Andre Vasilevsky is going to you know tweak a knee and not be superhero. Like at some point, you know, Kucherov's not going to play perfectly. Like there, I, I don't know unless it's just like complete bad luck. And this is just cursed franchise, which I will listen to. And there's part of me, you know, I've bringing up curses and voodoo and whatever. (laughs) Like there is that part of it with the Leafs. Like some teams are supposed to win. Some teams are supposed to lose. I understand that. But at some point, guys, you think that this is going to change. Like you think you're going to go to a first round series against a team that you were really close with last year. And it was one bounce here, one bounce there that ended up uh, having you lose. I honestly just, the th- great thing that gives me hope is the law of averages.
0: I can almost. I wanna, go ahead. I just say, I could almost see Kyle Dubas saying what you just said. Like, at some point, guys, you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. it almost seems like that's their strategy or that's their the way that they look at things. It's like, well, eventually it's got to work out for us. It seems like, I don't know if they've been you know, overly proactive in fixing what ails them. In fact, what I see is a double down on strategy, more Mm -hmm. gambles with the, with the, uh, the goaltending and just the hope that what you have built, what you thought you knew will eventually work. And I do think that's a dangerous game, but I don't think they're wrong per se.
2: No, I listen. If you're Kyle Dubas, they think this is frustrating for leaf fans. I can't even imagine how frustrated he must be oh, yeah. about, about this, about this team because he's built a team that finishes top five in the league every year. They are, you know, a consistent regular season powerhouse, really well coached just, and you draw Tampa Bay in the first round uh, again this year, you've had the Bruins a couple times. You lost the Habs in stupid fashion. Like you just think of all the things that have gone against this team and I don't blame him, but I do blame him for not, you know, changing things up. Like I know he changes the bottom six or whatever, and you, you, but the the core is what it is, and you're never really gonna be a different philosophy as long as those four guys are sort of intact. I I understand why he doesn't change it, but at the same time, I completely understand every Leaf fan that doesn't like him's frustration. I'm I've got a lot of I got a lot of thoughts just on what you know, because he doesn't have a contract next mm-hmm. year. And I'm very afraid of the unknown. Like, I, I've i gotten used to a sort of standard in the regular season and just expecting this team to be good. And that's so crazy to take that for granted because so many Leaf fans do now. But at the same time, if they don't get past the first round, I think you have to have a fresh set of eyes, which is an incredibly scary thing. Like, I'm really, really fascinated to see how this Cal Dubas story develops.
1: Do you think those can be... um can can that be something that doesn't affect how the maple leafs look at the trade deadline like can that be just dis- like um, removed from the situation can you make trade deadline moves and put all that on the table when you don't have a contract like do you believe in that ability to do that or is there still maybe a 10% pondering the back of your brain about well, what's next for me i think i don't
2: i think it's human nature Alex. like how do you not think like that I understand that he's a very professional guy he's the general manager of uh, original six team I understand that but like how do you not have that little bit of well I better get it this year mentality in the back when you don't have a contract it's just human nature I would never blame him for making a big move if he's just like I know that like people make big swings to keep their jobs all the time in hockey it happens all the time uh what did uh, Koskinen getting Edmonton as Peter Shirelli's last signing. It was like he got like $10 million for one of the worst goalies in the league. Like these GMs do crazy stuff to try and keep, uh, keep their jobs. So it's human nature. Like, I, I wouldn't blame him for trying to go more all in because he doesn't have a, uh, a contract for next year.
1: Um, all right. Speaking of going all in, what are your expectations at the trade deadline? Or is there something like that you're really wishing for? Maybe out, we just did our fake Raptors trades. There's a couple of them that were a bit outrageous. Is there, there the something? Oh, God. Exciting right How now. much time you got, cool. eh? But oh uh, deadline God. expectations and maybe like the big white whale.
2: Um, My expectations are uh, Timo Meyer and Jacob Chikrin. Oh, yeah, and, no problem. Rea- and reality is going to be like Sam Lafferty and Jake McCabe, probably. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, I I would love to see this team make a massive swing, but it's just... Uh, the beloved salary cap just makes it so impossible. I, you know, it's it's one of my hobby horses, me and gunning beat this horse to death, but it's it's what do people like? They like player movement. They like transactions, and you just can't, it can't happen. Like the Leafs are one of the most popular teams in the league. And can you imagine the coverage if they were able to just be like, yeah, you know what? We don't care. We're just gonna trade for Eric Carlson and have Eric Carlson on our team and go into the luxury tax and pay extra money and whatever. I just feel like people want them to make a big trade. Like the Timo Meyer thing, he is an absolutely perfect fit, right? But what, how the hell are they going to do that? There's no way they can sign him next year. We know what Kyle Dubas does in terms of rentals. He doesn't necessarily love the rental situation. Got burned really bad with Nick Felino on that uh, similar situation. I just think that they're so hamstrung with what they can do. It's probably going to be like a Jake McCabe and maybe a guy from a bottom six somewhere else. And they're going to go into the playoffs and it's going to be on the top six again. So I know that's pretty you know, depressing and not that exciting and not what everyone wants to hear, but I just really have a hard time picturing them making huge
0: swings at the deadline. Should they grab a goaltender too? I mean, Ilya oh, Samsonov oh, oh. has proven himself How much to time be. time he got. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's just the, the Matt Murray factor, like I, I, I feel like, well, th- talk about learnings or at least like, the the lack thereof when th- talking about learnings like we've got confirmed opinions and the opinion on Matt Murray coming to the season was that he's unreliable and he's proven to be unreliable here however Samsonov has played probably better than anyone really could have expected still it seems like you might need help back there
2: yeah uh Matt Murray does not seem like the most dependable <laughs> to say it lightly and that i think the perfect sort of uh, example of that was when he was supposed to start and he literally went out and warm up and then l- made his, you know, red hot goalie go in there on a Friday night with, and then the least gave out one of the worst performances. And your red <laughs> yeah, that hot was goalie not in idea, six, was it? lets in six <laughs> goals on a Friday night against a divisional rival. I thought that was not a pretty situation for Matt Murray. I didn't blame anyone else, I guess, but like I was bullish on Matt Murray coming into the year. One of the only people I thought I was going to get to ride my my victory horse around (laughs) Toronto being like, look how smart I am. But it's just, it's just kind of happened the way I thought was, a lot of people thought it was going to happen, right? Just uh, one good stretch of hockey and mixed in with a bunch of completely uh, inconsistent and weird things that he's done. I think they should probably get a goalie, but unless they LTIR Matt Murray and they just kind of pick up a cheap guy To me, I'm not spending assets on it. I think you just kind of got to hold your nose and go with Samsonov and hope that he is good as opposed to, you know, falling off a cliff like he has in years past. So it's not a pretty situation with the goaltending, but there's a lot of teams around the league that are kind of just weird goaltending situations too. I just, goaltending to me, if I was a general manager of a hockey team or a coach of a hockey team, would just keep me up at night. It's just the most unpredictable, weird sort of, it's just so hard to quantify. And there's like four or five really good ones in the league. So you just got to hope that your guy gets hot at the right time. So maybe they can do that with Samsonov, but maybe get a backup. But I don't want them spending assets on it.
0: And ultimately, despite how well Kyle Dubas has done constructing this roster, you set it top five consistently. You can bank on it. If you're holding your nose with your yeah. goaltending after the seasons they've had and the mistakes they've made with that position, it just feels like that's grounds for dismissal, doesn't it? Like as good as a job he's done, eventually you got to start making the right decision with your goaltender because that's success and failure right there.
2: Couldn't agree more, Justin. And I think if we look back on the Kyle Dubas tenure in terms of what did him in, it might be the goaltending. Yeah. Like you think of him, you know, he made the trade for Jack Campbell and that was great, but Jack Campbell kind of fell apart, you know, at a really important time for the Leafs. He was not good last year in the playoffs. And they made Uh, made
0: the right decision to let him go too.
2: For sure. They made the right decision to let him go. But you also gave Peter Mrazek $9 million. And Peter Mrazek, uh, I legitimately think if I had a gun to my head, had to score on one goal in the NHL, I'd pick <laughs> Peter Mrazek. Um, that's who I am picking. Was he uh, a net, not, net
1: last night for your No, game I'm not. He, honestly,
2: it, would, it could have been. But like, I, I, don't, I can't believe he gave him that money. And then kind of gambling. I don't think Samsonov as much as a reclamation, reclamation project as people made it out to be. Like I know he didn't get tendered by by um by Washington. I understand that part of it, but like he's still a young goalie with some pedigree. Like I don't think that was as much of a chance as everyone's saying it is. But the Matt Murray thing is an absolute swing for the fences home run. Oh, sorry, Hail Mary, right? Yeah, yeah. Like that's a way bigger risk and they're now kind of they're going to have to overplay Samsonov coming up here. They're not I I think they're probably going to be pretty cognizant of that. And if, you know, do you have to play Samsonov for however many games down the stretch here and he wears out and you're bad in the playoffs again? Yeah, that'll be the Kyle Dubas legacy in terms of his, his you know, failures is the goaltending has let them down in multiple playoff series here. So we'll see.
1: We will see, Sam. What a pleasure yes. to talk to you this morning. We'll get a coffee yeah. in, right?
2: Yeah. Well, I don't be careful with what I mentioned earlier. About the, <laughs> uh, coffee yeah. and then Anyways.
1: whatever you mentioned <laughs> later. Okay. Okay. Talk. All right, guys. Thanks, pleasure. buddy. Talk to you soon. All right. Sam McKee, producer, real Kipper and Born, host of Leafstalk, and our insider brought to you by Don Valley North Lexus. So you can expect excellence online. And in the showroom, visit Don dot com. We gotta pick this up because we got we can't make the deputy commissioner of the NHL. Wait.
0: No, from Makita, the Deputy Commissioner. Let's get this, let's get it wrapped quickly. <laughs> okay. Something to chew on, right?
1: Yeah, time for something to chew on. Brought to you by Great Canadian Meats. Yum, yum, yum. Okay, so I don't know if you've ever heard of the uh, Madden Super Bowl predictions. Of course. And I've been doing it every year since 2004. The folks at EA Sports trying to predict the outcome using Madden NFL. I don't know if you have seen. I haven't. Well, let me tell you. Get your who's winning the getting odds out. Madden NFL 23 predicted that the Philadelphia Eagles Mm -hmm. will beat the Kansas City Chiefs in the Super Bowl by a score of 31 to 17.
0: That's kind of how I see things. Oh,
1: during this simulated Super Bowl, Madden predicts a huge game from Eagles wide receiver A.J. Brown. Mm. He went off in the video game for eight receptions and 114 yards and a touchdown.
0: Get your MVP bets in.
1: But on the other side of it as well, Pat Mahomes went 29 for 39, 249 yards, and a touchdown.
0: 249, eh? It's kind of low. And
1: the Super Bowl MVP?
0: It's got to be, well, is it Jalen? Is it Jalen? I don't think Jalen's winning it.
1: Well, we'll see. That might be in our prop bet that we're coming up. How close is EA Sports uh, Super Bowl? Oh, sorry, it's Matt. Yeah, Matt and his EA Sports Super Bowl predictions. We'll see. All right. That'll all be at 830 in the wake and rake. So send that in at 595.90. We're going to take a break. Got a big guest, Bill Daly, NHL Deputy Commissioner, on the other side. The NHL All Star Games coming to Toronto. Why? Why now? What are we looking forward to? That's next with Justin and Ailish, breaking down the top
0: stories in hockey and Elliot Friedman every day. The Jeff Merrick Show. Subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.
1: All right, we're back on the Fan Morning Show, Sportsnet 590, The Fan, Justin and Ailish. On your Tuesday morning, Maple Leafs back in action on Friday. But we are still living in the all star break vibe here in Toronto, knowing that in 2024, officially the NHL will be headed over the border up here to our fine city. And to talk about that and more, Bill Daly, NHL Deputy Commissioner, joins us this morning. Thanks for coming on the show.
4: Good morning. It's Happy a, to be here.
1: Oh, we are just so excited up here to have the NHL All-Star Weekend coming to our fine, fine city. Um, what was the decision behind this? It's been since 2000. We've been anxiously awaiting. Why is the time now to come on up to Toronto?
4: Yeah, I, I was asked that question a couple of times this weekend, as you might imagine. Um, and you know, I think my answer was really, it's it's time. Um, <clears throat> I am old enough to to remember. Uh, and was part of the, the 2000 All-Star uh, Game in Toronto. It was a fantastic event. Um, we're 24 years later, and uh, it's going to be a fantastic event again, in and, and in kind of a different way. I think uh, I think our, our our people who who uh, organize the yearly All-Star Game have been uh, very very creative, and and uh, will continue to do so. So we're really looking forward to being in Toronto. So what was the feeling leaving
0: South Florida, assuming you have uh, left South Florida? Was it a massive success? I mean, sponsorship and all that stuff, like, you know, cross the T's, dot the I's. But is there is there a feeling in the NHL office that some things do need to be freshened up a little bit?
4: <laughs> um it's a it's a great question uh we're actually going to have a, a senior executive debrief today on on the all elements all star i would say that overall we're very very happy with uh with how it went this week uh this weekend um you know the community engagement the ways in which we uh we made uh uh you know, waves in in south florida and connected with the community were were uh um, we great. Uh, we had a, you know, I think the players had a good time. I think, uh, all, all the people who came to the event, um, uh, both events really had a good time. Um, there's always areas of improvement. And, uh, I think, I, I think there are ways we will look to freshen it up, but, uh, but I think, um, overall, we're very pleased
0: two of the players that were at the event were two probably the most important of uh, certainly the Gary Bettman era and of course as long as you've been in office that that being Sidney Crosby and Alexander Ovechkin Uh, I know you guys are always you know looking forward and and looking at the next thing but have you added a chance to reflect on the importance that those intersecting careers have had on the Gary Bettman era in the NHL uh, in particular
4: well, I mean, I think they're always going to be identified together. They came in the, the league together um, uh, different drafts, but same year that came in the first year after the the year long work stoppage when uh, major changes were made to the game i think uh I think all of our younger generation of players today um grew up really idolizing these players and how they played the game so uh, I think we're starting to to uh, really appreciate their historical significance. Um, they really uh, marked uh, a new chapter in NHL history, and it's been a very successful chapter.
1: So that new chapter that maybe we're living in or looking forward to, how do you describe the level of interest in the NHL right now? I know we've seen revenue talks, and I know we've seen viewership conversations over the last while is it in, increasing declining swelling is there an influx of of new viewership and youth that you've seen especially with the you know the rise of social media and such
4: yeah i think uh i think basically we're at an all-time high uh on all those uh, metrics for for sure um i think there's more people uh consuming the game in various ways including the participation um, that those uh, you know, I, I was uh, talking yesterday about about the difference in the, in the demographics of the league just since I've been around, and I've been around for 26 years, so it's a long time. But um, you know, the, the percentages of, of players, uh, I think U.S. born players in particular. Uh, have grown from about 15 percent of the league's population to 30 uh, percent of the league population um, uh, and so the shifting demographics have been a, a, a major thing but i you know again it's uh, it's uh, hockey's never been more popular um that's not only uh in the united states but also uh, i believe in canada and, and european countries as well so it's been a uh, we're in it when a, we're in a Good error right now for for sure for the growth of the game what do you consider the biggest issue facing the league right now well I mean I look I, I think we want to continue w- what we're doing um, you know I think we're uh, we're in really good shape uh, on on all levels I, I, I can tell you that you know first uh, you know ten to fifteen years um, that I was in the league we, we had um, some uh, uh, franchise issues. Uh, we had some ownership issues. Um, we had a lot of uh, from to time flyers to put out uh, for lack of a better term. Uh, all of that uh, is really behind us right now. So now it's all about uh, what we do uh, to continue to grow, continue to maximize revenues, continue to make the game uh, as popular as it can be. Um, and so while, you know, there are issues every day that we deal with um, and and have to deal with, I, I put us in the same category as any other sports league in, in dealing with those. So they're, uh, uh, I think, you know, all the, the uh, vitals of the game couldn't be stronger right now.
0: So vitals are strong. Major adversity behind the league. Uh, you guys touted revenue as high as $6 billion this year. If we do hit the projections that you expect to hit, does that put the salary cap back on the projected pre-pandemic path, which many people feel will help the vitality and growth of the game?
4: So uh, as of right now, I mean, our our projections for revenue haven't changed since uh, December, uh, but I'm not sure our finance department has has, uh, necessarily been out to the clubs to update them, so uh, I wouldn't have expected a change. Um, that that those projections would not have uh, put us in a situation where the, the salary cap goes up more than a million dollars. Um, but, uh, you know, it's, it's early. It's uh, still early February. Um, and a lot can change between now and uh, the playoffs and then beyond. So um, I, I would say it's still uncertain. Um, but at least as of now, Uh, we're projecting a million-dollar
0: increase. We're chatting with NHL Deputy Commissioner Bill Daly. Uh, The senator's sale, which is currently ongoing in the process, uh, buyers potentially dwindling down, it's a really unique opportunity here for the NHL. It's not often that a franchise does exchange hands. Uh, Beyond financial muscle, which, of course, is the most important thing, having a stable financial ownership group come in, what does the NHL covet in new owners of the senators?
4: Well, I mean, I, I I think you you said it. I mean, obviously, you want committed ownership. Uh, you want people who who are committed to the success of the centers locally. Uh, that was important to Eugene Melnick uh, and his family. Uh, they made that very clear all along. So uh, that that is probably the highest priority. Somebody who's committed to the to the Ottawa uh, market and area. Um, uh, obviously, financial wherewithal is part part of that. Um uh you know, I I wouldn't I wouldn't say they're dwindling at this point. The the process is just starting. So it continues to be a very, very fulsome process with a lot of bidders. Um and uh certainly we're grateful for the interest that's uh that that people have shown in the Senators franchise.
1: How about Ryan Reynolds? Is he uh, close to the top of that list? We like to hear it.
4: Well, <laughs> we uh we know Ryan, we uh have uh have Talk to Ryan throughout the process. He continues to be interested. Um, obviously, it, it, he's exciting on a number of levels uh, f- for us and his excitement in the game uh, is great to see. So it, uh, it, he's, he's certainly uh, somebody we, we would love to see involved on some basis in, in the NHL.
0: Uh, next January, you guys will be celebrating one of the great successes uh, of the NHL in recent history, which is expansion and the permanent and firm roots that seem to be uh, put down in Seattle and Vegas. Given that, given how successful they have been and, and the willingness to celebrate it, is it tempting and even justifiable to want to do it again? Uh, especially when you mentioned it, the amount of talent in the league, how we've grown just in the last decade in terms of uh on ice talent on ice production uh is it justifiable to go back to that well and add more nhl teams to the league and the 32 teams as it stands now
4: well it's not something that i would say is on the front burner uh for our ownership groups um but uh, but it's certainly something that we don't close the door on um we we certainly have had uh, since we expanded to Seattle and, and, and to Vegas, um, and both were extraordinarily successful expansions. Uh, we're really pleased with, with the progress of those franchises in those markets. And we've had a number of expressions of interest from other markets uh, throughout North America. So, um, you know, it's if, if something you never say, uh, you know, close the door on uh, in terms of considering, uh, but it's not something that uh, is, necessarily a business priority right
0: now uh bill we appreciate the time good luck the rest of the way this season and if you need any insight on what may or may not work for the all-star game in toronto uh we got all the answers on the fan morning show
4: (laughs) i'm sure you guys do Uh, (laughs) i appreciate it thanks uh thanks for having me on
0: uh that was bill daly nhl deputy commissioner
1: should have told him about the dunking in lake ontario the
0: polar plunge at the cottage maybe some cottage activities I'm telling
1: you. Sauce and pucks off the CN Tower. That was next on my list of questions, Justin. <laughs> get him back. It's
0: too bad we didn't get there. Uh, Sam McKee, in the, in the, uh, before the break, we were talking about, you know, Dubas and where we might go with Kyle Dubas, what his future may entail, his, the rights and the wrongs. I, I think you got to, when, you, when you're having a Dubas discussion, you got to think of what the alternative is. Like what mm. is, does it include Shanahan as like, I guess, step one? But let's say they move on from Dubis. Like, what do you? What direction are you going? Are you going more Dubas-y? Like someone who thinks the same way that Kyle Dubis? I don't know necessarily. Exactly. But if you go that route, maybe it's and and I think this is a bit of a misnomer. Like, oh, such an analytically inclined. Like, it's not just about that. But if you're going further in that direction, okay, I, I guess I could hear the argument for that. But if you're going the opposite of Dubis. Aren't you invalidating everything that you've worked for? Aren't you invalidating Shanahan's entire tenure? Like it just seems like it's almost an impossible decision after Dubas.
1: Well, don't you feel like if one goes the other might be going?
0: Well, I, I think it's justifiable, but I don't necessarily feel that.
1: No, I, I that's I feel and that's like a good Shanahan is, is on firmer
0: ground than than Kyle Dubas is why? on. And I don't know if that's justifiable.
1: Mm-hmm. It just seems like that's the way it is.
0: I mean, maybe that's a business thing. Maybe they just they feel comfortable on what he's doing on the business side, and he's only loosely related to the on ice results. I, I, I do think that's a possibility.
1: You think it's just loosely? I feel like that's. Well,
0: okay, loosely, loosely, accountable, wrong word. maybe? I just don't think it's the entire. Dubas is measured 100% by the success of the hockey team. Shanahan has other avenues that can tell that success story. I understand. That's that's all, like, when you go into Mm -hmm. a job interview or you're trying to get a promotion, you're trying to sell a success story. And maybe Shanahan can go into the boardroom and say, look at our revenue and look at how I Mm -hmm. contributed to that that. revenue, right? Like, if Dubas comes in, okay, uh, 100-and-whatever-point seasons and franchise records in the regular season, but he can't spin a positive tail when it comes to the postseason. Because he was supposed to win. His tenure was supposed to be successful. And to this point, other than regular season, it hasn't been. And that's really the only thing that matters for him.
1: Well, certainly something to chew on. A double chew. We already did that. But one of the things, uh, if you want to pivot to this brady Belichick stuff. Sure. um, Okay, so we were going to mention this in the chew, but we had to speed her up. So we'll circle back here. So we know Brady and Belichick have had... A little bit of a quiet falling out to the end of their careers after after Brady left the Patriots, I mean. Um, we remember when he moved over to the Bucks. there was no mention specifically of the Patriots and Belichick in his time with the organization. That was certainly something that everybody circled and wondered why and if it was a reason consciously to make that decision. I believe it was. It's Tom Brady. Um, and then now with his retirement, there was beforehand some rumors that maybe he'd go back— and now, is he going to retire a Patriot or not? There's lots of questions. Well, in his Let's Go podcast this week.
0: There's a lot of bad podcast names, by the way, but that's the worst. You think? That's not good. Let's I, go. Did he, like, scream Let's Go? We know he did that like, yeah. thing on the field. Did he scream Let's, Let's Go?
1: Let's go. But everyone does that. Uh, well, anyway. it's his now. Um, Let's not. If, oh, okay. It featured some interviews with some of his former teammates and some A-list celebrities. However. That's your bet. Bill Belichick himself dropped by in the podcast to speak with Tom Brady. Okay. Very rare situation has occurred. We have a clip of them <laughs> reflecting on their time together okay. and on their career.
4: The greatest player, the greatest career, uh, the great, great person. Uh so it's such an an opportunity and an honor for me to, you know, to coach Tom and uh I, I guess I guess it's got in at some point, um, you know. But it it it's the greatest one ever. So, congratulations, Tom. Appreciate it.
3: Tom, what did Bill do to bring out <laughs> the best it. in you? Yeah. I think it's more what did he not do? Okay. To bring out the best in me, he. Uh, he crying. You know, I, everyone always says I was just very lucky. I mean, I think part of it, you know, I came into my uh, career and. Got drafted by the Patriots. I always joke, you know, I had no f- an idea where New England was when I got drafted. I mean, I flew into Providence, which really <laughs> confuses you if you're coming from the West Coast. Because I'm like, Boston? Oh, Providence? And, and uh, you know, it was Coach Belichick's first year there. And, you know, we came in together. And I always think for so many young players... You know, who's going to be there? Anybody could get drafted to a place. Who's going to turn you into something? Who's going to develop you? Who's going to take you under their wing? And sometimes it's a player that does it. And I definitely had a lot of players do that. And obviously, um, I had someone that really saw something in me that, you know, not a lot of other people did.
0: This is how I know Bill Belichick's done.
1: Wow, that's quite the... He's lost. He's it. lost his
0: fastball, oh, man.
1: Yeah. Old was, Bill. Yeah, you're right. Bill Belichick. He was Super really Bowl Belichick. Kissy, he's not kissy. doing this. He's not
0: kissy kissy. Bill can't be kissy kissy, and he is. Fade the Patriots. It's over. Wow. The Belichick era is over. Based on that alone. All right. Tom's done. Bill's done.
1: Well, besides not coming on the podcast, I don't know how else that would have went. What you do know? you mean? Like, if he like, what else was he supposed to say on the no, podcast?
0: He, we do, Well, we didn't need... A, that, that's why I think he's done. He went on the mm-hmm. podcast. What we needed... If Bill still had it, Bill would have an awkward exchange at, like, the ceremony with Tom where you kind of think they still hate each other. That would mean he's still the coach that he used to be.
1: Well, speaking about if they still hate each other, Brady tries to put an end to the whole Brady versus Belichick narrative in this next clip we're going to play. So maybe like extending the olive branch. Maybe there's a partnership in the future, Justin. Mm -hmm. Let's play this clip.
3: I think for me, there's nobody I'd rather be associated with. And I think that from my standpoint, I think it's always such a stupid conversation to say, you know, Brady versus Belichick, because in my mind, that's not what partnerships are about. Coach couldn't play quarterback and I couldn't coach. And (laughs) I think the best part about... The best part about football is, and the coach says it a lot, do your job. And he asked me to play quarterback. He didn't ask me to coach. And, you know, I didn't want him playing quarterback. I just wanted him to coach. <laughs> <laughs> I'd seen him throw, so he definitely wasn't playing quarterback. He, uh, I think it was, it's it's such okay, a this stupid, is awkward. in my view, yeah, it was just always trying to pull us apart. And I don't think we ever even felt that with each other. We never were trying to pull each other apart. We actually were always trying to go in the same direction. And I think when we were in New England for 20 years together, you know, it's tired. They get tired of writing the same story. So, you know, once they write all the nice things and championships and this, and then they just start going, well, this works. Let's start trying to divide them.
1: God, I think I rolled my eyes four times during that clip. Mm -hmm. Too much?
0: I think they're trying to prove something that's, you know, fabrication. There There was... there was issue.
1: You don't think they sound And there's going to be issue.
0: They just said it outlined 20 years. You're not going to have a perfect marriage between two competing assets mm-hmm. for over 20 years. And if it was harmony, perfect harmony, then why would you have ever left? Did he see the writing on the wall? Did he see Bill losing his fastball? Maybe. Maybe. There was a lot of There's actually a lot of Brady news. I, I hope the Brady news kind of like, and are we doing this every Brady day? I have more Brady news for you. What's the other Brady news? I got two more items for okay.
1: you. Okay. Um, that he announced he won't be starting his work at Fox until 2024. It's
0: definitely one of them. Okay. so Just hold off on that $375 million. And
1: that's what I think makes sense, obviously. Are you going to get the broadcast booth next week, this weekend?
0: No, but for the 2023 season. So I see being...
1: and when he retired last week, my first said my first thoughts were take one year of your life, okay?
0: He's gonna be in Thailand. Go with to Cliff Bali
1: Kingsbury. with King, Cliff Kingsbury and his hot girlfriend. It's a and good, just, that's a good double date. Yeah, it's
0: a good looking double date.
1: Just do some Zen yoga. Have a couple
0: hang out in your underwear.
1: Cy bowls, yes, that's part two. Is scrolling Twitter yesterday, and there is a photo of Tom Brady with his hand on his junk in a pair of boxers yes. on his bed. I had to, what? Was that Tom Brady? I had to like triple check and his him. He's just got full thirst trap he mode. He looks
0: like a, he doesn't look like a real person. He looks like a simulation.
1: Like a Kendall. Like doll. a perfect,
0: yeah. He looks like a, a live action Ken doll.
1: What a What a transition from For, being on the field to now basically doing an OnlyFans.
0: 45, 45 year old underwear model.
1: Anyway, he's promoting his mean, own underwear line. I, I
0: don't, I don't really get behind the Botox and all that stuff that seems to be happening in the the face region. But that's that's uh, the best advertisement for the TB12 method. I think forty five years old and shopping underwear like that.
1: So he's got a, a bunch of news drops in one little day. I'm sure that won't be the rest of it because Super Bowl's coming oh, around we'll, the corner. Uh, we'll have a Brady Nugget
0: every day, and it's going to be in some people's mind more interesting than the actual Super Bowl coming up on Sunday.
1: That's right. Um, speaking of the actual Super Bowl, I got one more piece of information for you. Okay. Um, there's a fan on Reddit who has famously picked 15 consecutive Super Bowl picks incorrectly. And no, it is not Justin Cuthbert. Oh,
0: incorrectly. Incorrectly. Okay. I mean, that's, that's money, a talent in itself. All money like I picks, done that.
1: straight up lost every single one. It's basically impossible to do, but yet they have done it. Since so two thousand and eight, which we know is And this is when they upset. know the
0: result? Like they know the two teams in the Super Bowl, sorry?
1: Yes. Okay. They know who's playing. Because the I've Super seen Bowl. ones
0: like, oh, projecting the Super Bowl champion for this many years, but you
1: know, no, they they wait till there's a actual okay. pick and they've gone fifteen in a row. Okay, who do they have this time? Well, they have the Eagles, which is the opposite Narrative of they what? They the Eagles losing? They have the Eagles winning. Okay. This person picks the winning team and has been wrong every single time.
0: So the Eagles are going to cough up the Super Bowl to Patrick Mahomes that's and the Kansas right. City Chiefs. Okay, just more to, more to chew on. But we that's got so the opposite of what
1: today. the Madden cover would be predicting. Is Madden thinks that they're going to win, and so well, this guy Madden's thinks that record? they're going to win, and they're going to lose. Well, there's a Madden curse. So at this point, it seems like a coin toss, okay? Nobody knows anything.
0: I think it's going to be a very competitive game, and some people will be right. Some people will be wrong. Two great teams going going after it. Maybe the greatest player on the planet versus maybe the best, best, most balanced team. Someone's going to be wrong. It's probably going to be me and the guy who gets it wrong every year. It might be you, the Reddit user. I am on the Eagles.
1: (laughs) Okay, we're going to give away tickets here before we take a break and speak to Alex Wong on the other side. Chris Stapleton's coming to Bud stage this summer on August 17th, along with Marcus King and Warren Treaty. And we're giving away tickets all week long. All you have to do is tune into us here every day this week. Send in the code word at 595.90 for your chance to win a pair of tickets. And today's code word is Broken Halos. Text Broken Halos to 595.90 right now for your chance to win. We're giving away another pair of tickets tomorrow. Tickets will go on sale to the public at Friday at 10 a.m., and I have already pinpointed that in my calendar with an alarm mm-hmm. because I will be trying my bestest to get these tickets. Your summer
0: concert schedule is quite, I quite loaded. truly
1: cannot wait for this concert. So that's Broken Halos at 595.90. I am available that evening. Right on. Anybody's interested, send me those tickets. Um, all right, Broken Halos, best of luck. We're going to take a break. we got Alex Wong on the other side, talk about his new book, which is coming out in October, which he's officially completed. That must be a great feeling. I don't think I've ever accomplished anything of that sort. And we'll have a little Alex Wong chat and then Sarah Nurse joining us at 8.30, followed by a mini wake and rake. So send in your picks, five ninety five ninety. 590 590 no Toronto sports, but you can round up the NBA, the NHL, and Neil already has a WTA pick in the text line, so stay tuned for that. It's on the other side of the break on the family Morning Show.